0: A desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, Regs. I'm your host, Jonah Liu, and thank you so, so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, What I have for y'all today is essentially how the rebellion was already in place uh, kind of even before the Clone Wars ended, well before A New Hope takes place. And so I'm not going to be talking less about like shows like Rebels and more uh, things that led to the Rebel Alliance in the first place. Um, and this is going to be a little more off the dome because this is more conceptual. I have specific examples, but my reasoning for them are going to be more uh, freeform. And I'm also, uh, it's probably going to be a bit of a shorter episode. And I have something to talk about, y'all, yeah, words. I have something to talk to y'all about right at the beginning uh, before I get into any of that. So let's just run into a quick little, I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, no, said that wrong again. Sorry, I'm very excited. Let's run into a quick, I've got a bad feeling about this. I got a bad feeling about this. So, It's official. I have a new least favorite thing in Star Wars right now. This is fairly recent and it actually comes from uh, a new source material that I have recently purchased. So, recently I obtained the character encyclopedia, the Clone Wars character encyclopedia. The new uh, edition which came out uh, this past year in April. And my brother and I were perusing through it. uh, Just kind of taking in all the the new information; it has basically every major character from the Clone Wars series in it, which is super, super cool. But I, I've come to a rather disturbing and um, unfortunate realization: is that um, here, one second, let me let me read it verbatim. So I am now on page nine of the character encyclopedia, and uh, there's a timeline of uh, Jedi General Mace Windu, protector of the Republic, and. You know, it uh, It goes through a lot of things, but then at 19 BBY, uh, well, this is BSW4, which is before Star Wars 4, which is 19 BBY, which is during the events of Revenge of the Sith, mind you, it says that Mace Windu, quote-unquote, dies trying to arrest Chancellor Palpatine. He dies. And then on page 8, the page before that, Uh, And a little synopsis of Mace Windu's uh, life, Uh, it goes through how, in the war's last days, he, Mace Windu, calls for the arrest of Supreme Chancellor Palpatine if he refuses to surrender his wartime powers and taking over the Senate. Uh, This leads to uh, an epic confrontation with Palpatine that the great Jedi, Mace Windu, will not survive. So, this is a <clears throat> this is a canon book, and it's garbage. Gotta say, it's absolute garbage, and it's it's the worst. It doesn't know what it's talking about at all. Miss Windu is quite obviously alive, um, and yeah, not entirely sure where they got that information from. But it makes it makes me quite angry, actually. As you can see, I'm I'm quite f- I'm 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 quite I'm quite flabbergasted by this, and I don't like it. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm being facetious because this is actually a great piece of source material. But I'm quite mad. But I do hold out hope because uh, Dave Filoni and other Star Wars uh, high ups uh, do say that they are willing to essentially play with um, canon because visual media trumps everything else. That means the movies and the shows trump anything else uh, from books or source materials. They uh, Those are not set in stone. And if anything is disproven within the visual media, then that means um, that is true canon and anything that is in any other sources uh, is not. So... In my head canon, Mace Windu is still alive. In canon canon, as of right now, he is, um, he's dead. And that makes me sad. Anyways, that's it. I'm done with the segment now. Let's move into ARC Trooper Training or something. I don't know. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I am! Welcome back to ARC Trooper Training. Uh, sorry for coming off such a downer, but I hope that I didn't ruin anyone else's day, because it certainly ruined mine. Uh, not really, but kind of. Um, but uh, anyways, so today, like I said earlier, we're going to be talking about the seeds of the Rebellion that were planted uh, kind of during the Clone Wars, like well before the Empire was even established. And first of all, I just wanted to, to define the Rebellion. So the Rebellion was an alliance of various systems who uh, did not approve of the Imperial regime that took over after the Republic was dissolved. And so uh, what these rebels stood for was essentially um, an end to the oppressiveness and authoritarian nature of the empire. And they wanted uh, to reestablish the republic, a more democratic central government rather than a dictatorship under one singular emperor. Um, And the empire's whole uh, kind of Uh, game plan was to establish complete and total order throughout the galaxy which was the uh, kind of the uh, the the mantra of the sith was to establish galactic order Um, which the way that they did so was uh, kind of totalitarian subjugation of all of the uh, populations throughout the galaxy but you know they're space nazis it's it's cool that's what they're supposed to do but anyways the Rebellion was in opposition to that. And there were a few different Rebel cells, uh, the major one being the Galactic Rebel Alliance, which was headed by Bail Organa, Mon Mothma, and uh, Leia Organa. So that's the one that we see most of in uh, the original trilogy of Star Wars. That's the one that Luke joins, and that's the one that destroys both Death Stars. Uh, But what I'm going to be talking about is essentially the precursors to that and essentially what led to that eventually being um being a thing and being the the organization that we see in the movies so the first things that i have to say about this uh would be essentially that the jedi order put into place civilian militias that this isn't necessarily the function that they were initially intended to serve but they were able to fight for themselves independently of a centralized government. They didn't rely on even the Republic to defend them from outside attacks. So this is evident on Andron, on Ryloth, and to a lesser extent Mandalore, because we don't necessarily see Mandalore relying too heavily on the Republic. They rely on them whenever... Um, whenever Maul takes over and they need uh, to reestablish Mandalorian rule over Mandalore rather than having the shadow collective in charge. But uh, they still have a militant enough uh, of a philosophy that they were in a similar position as uh, the Onderon, the people of Onderon and the people of Ryloth. So I'll start with Ryloth just because that's what comes first chronologically. Ryloth... Um, was represented by On Frita in the Republic Senate, but on the planet, there was a freedom fighter named Cham Syndulla uh, who fought for his people and fought against the Separatist occupation of the planet. And he fought alongside Mace Windu. And to be fair, in this case, kind of like with Mandalore, they were already fighting before the Jedi came, but the Jedi were able to impart their philosophies and their wisdom onto these people and essentially uh, remind them what they're fighting for. They're not fighting for political gain. They're fighting for freedom. And they're fighting uh, for the betterment of their planet. And so that's kind of what Mace... Rest in peace, Mace. Moment of silence. Okay, that's enough. Um, but uh, that's what Mace is able to impart onto Cham is essentially kind of a reality check on... Okay, this is what we're fighting for. This is why you can trust us. And we're going to move on from there. And we see in Bad Batch, spoiler alert, but we also see in other media like Rebels that Syndulla continued to fight after the Empire was established. And so he took this Jedi philosophy and was able to identify whenever the Empire comes in, even though they directly follow the Republic, and he's able to be like, hey, something isn't right here. And he's able to stand against that. And that's part of what starts the rebellion. Now, if we move on to Andron, which is the next thing that comes up in the galactic timeline, we see more of a... The Jedi are unwilling to; um, they're unwilling to get involved because it's a separatist-controlled planet that was already a part of the separatist alliance. But it gets overthrown; their their leader gets overthrown, and an agent of Dooku gets put in place. And the people of Andron are not okay with this. And so this is where we see. Anakin, Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Rex go to Andron on a stealth incursion in order to train these new rebels, in order to essentially teach them how to f- combat the droids and retake their world and make it their own. Because the, because the Republic isn't willing to send troops to um, help them uh, any further. So that's, that's what ends up happening. And so they, they create little agents within this planet in order to fight for the ideals of the Jedi. So these are people like Saw and Steela Guerrera. Oh, hey, any of y'all who might be on this podcast and might make it to the rank of, I don't know, I think this is probably going to be a rank of master question, actually. Not just for the segment, but like to get to the rank of master. Remember that Saw Guerrera's sister is named Stila Guerrera. Just a little, just a little thing. I'm going to start doing that more often because I want to see how many of my people that I'm going to be having on actually listen to the podcast. I don't know. We'll just see. Just it's a fun little social experiment. Anyways, um, it's once again, the Jedi are able to impart their philosophies on peace and freedom and all of these things onto these people. And they're able to identify how to best combat these, uh, these things that clash with those ideologies, like with the Separatists. And then whenever the Empire comes around, as we see with Saw Gerrera and how he becomes one of the first big rebellion leaders, we see that he's able to identify it and he's able to stand up against the Empire. So really, the Jedi, the Jedi legacy lives on in all of these rebel cells that we see forming throughout the galaxy. And it's super, super interesting. And even with Mandalore, we see this. We see Mandalorians, while a lot of them do uh, end up kind of kneeling before the Imperial Throne, people like Bo-Katan, who fought alongside Ahsoka, are willing to stand up for what they believe in and stand up for their right to choose what's best for their own world. And that's super, super cool. And we know that Mandalore's history is fairly tragic and very fragmented, but they're able to unite under that ideal of retaking their home from the Empire. And I think that a large part of that and a large part of why bo was able to accomplish this was not only assistance, well, it's direct assistance from Jedi like Kanan and Ezra, but also assistance from Ahsoka. Back in the days of the Clone Wars, even though Ahsoka isn't a Jedi, but she still holds a lot of the Jedi ideals. And it's I I don't know I'm kind of blathering. I think I'm saying a lot of the things, the same things over and over again. But this last thing is actually super interesting, and it's something that was in the original script, and it's actually filmed. You can see these deleted scenes for Revenge of the Sith, my favorite movie. But Padme. And this is canon in my head, even though we don't see it happen. It's canon in my head because we don't have anything that disproves it necessarily. But Padme was initially going to be the founder of the Rebellion. She was going to have this kind of club of secret club of senators, including Bail Organa, who is Leia's adopted father, and Mon Mothma, who we see very prominently... Uh, work very prominently with the rebellion. She's the redhead lady. Um we see Padme rallying them together under this idea that Chancellor Palpatine is abusing much of his power and he's been granted too much power and he's held on to it for too long. And they're getting ready to essentially secede from the Republic and create another separatist alliance of sorts. Now that never comes to fruition because for one thing Padme dies and for another the empire is founded but this is this is the beginning days of the rebel alliance not just a rebel cell but the rebel alliance that we see in the days of the original trilogy and i think that that's amazing and i think that that adds so much depth to padme's character that she's and it also adds to her conflict with anakin and i think that that would have been so amazing to see to see her Um, put in that position where she's created this movement and then her husband turns in direct opposition to what she stands for and you see and that adds a whole other layer to the line you're going down a path i can't follow it's like i don't know you anymore i think that that would have been amazing hashtag release the four-hour cut of revenge of the sith give me that 20 to 30 minute long lightsaber fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan where they fight lava monsters on the riverbank give me a little bit of tidbit also Padme was going to try to assassinate Anakin and he was going to mortally wound her and that's why she died in childbirth not because she was sad but because her husband tried to kill her not that he kind of already tries to kill her but he got it's more of a fit of rage in the movie that as we know it this is like he tried to kill her after, he tried to kill her after she tried to kill him with a dagger. How crazy would that have been? I don't know. I think that that would have been awesome. But anyways, I digress. These are all little seeds of the rebellion that we see planted. And then, if you haven't watched Rebels, I would highly recommend it because you get to see the formation of the Rebel Alliance. You get to see how all the pieces kind of come together. You get to see Sagrery. You get to see Champs and Dula. You get to see Belorgana Mon Mothma. Leia Organa. All of these people come together. You get to see it from the perspective of Harrison Dula, who is Cham's daughter, and you get to see it from the perspective of two kind of unorthodox Jedi who are survivors and kind of uh, anachronisms of a bygone era. And they get to see this philosophy that they stand by, and that Kanan as a as a, an actual Jedi that grew up in the temple, and Ezra as someone who's only heard stories about it. But they get to see this vision. For the galaxy that they grew up with and that they stand with personified in all of these different rebel cells and i think that that's such a beautiful thing and i love that like they all say may the force be with you to each other whenever like not just the jedi but other non-force users do too because at the end of the day the rebellion was founded on the principles of the jedi and i think that that is super super cool that you see that even with most of the jedi literally exterminated their legacy lives on through organizations like the empire or no no organizations like the rebellion who stand up to the empire and i think that that's a really cool thing so i feel like that was very soapbox-ish i feel like i just gave a, a rousing speech and i don't know if that was any good i might have talked in circles for 20 minutes and i if i did i apologize for that but i think that there was some substance in there so uh, anyways, this would not be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with a little bit more. Four. Keeping on uh, on theme with the Rebellion today, I wanted to give y'all the information that there are only 30 fighters under General Dodonna's command at the Battle of Yavin. That means that only 30 starfighters were deployed whenever uh, the Rebellion was trying to blow up the first Death Star. So, that's not that many. Um... <laughs> Um, but yeah, so General Dodonna was the head general. He's the guy with the white beard, um, that we see, uh, in episode four, A New Hope. And yeah, so there were 30 and I think that like five made it out, which is kind of sad, including Luke. Spoiler alert. Uh, but yeah, so that's all that I have for y'all today. Uh, I really hope that y'all enjoyed it. Thank you for sticking with me. If this is your first time listening, I'm super glad to have you if this is your 32nd time listening uh which this is episode 32 then i appreciate you as well but uh that's all that i have for y'all today if you want to follow us on instagram uh we are at twin sun talks and if you want to uh subscribe to us on youtube we are twin sun talks podcast um that's all i got you've taken your first steps into a larger world may the force be with you and i'll see y'all in the next episode bye friends